Yes, people, what is going on? Um, it is episode, I don't know what episode it is, of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously, how you doing? We are driving, we're driving again, it's a driving pod. Uh, it's Sunday morning, it's Sunday the 8th of May, I'm on my way to football, the last game of the season, it means nothing, I think the highest we can finish is 5th, and the lowest we can finish is 5th. So we are just playing for absolutely nothing, uh, but we must play. <laughs> we must play. Uh, so yeah, I'm running late. Um, got too much things to, too much, you know, too much things to do, too many things to do. Um, as we are away this week, we're going to Centre Parks, as I think I said last week. We're going to Centre Park, so I've uh, got to pack and stuff. And it's, it's interesting how two different people prepare for holiday. And then, you know, Nomi's very uh, organised person who wants everything done well in advance. Uh, she's also one of these people who wants to look nice on holiday. Whereas my joy from the holiday is just not being at work and being on holiday. So when it comes to all the forward planning stuff, I can't be asked. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I care about is how to get to the destination and how to get from the airport to the hotel. We don't even have to do that, we're driving. I'll just look at the postcode, put that in my sat-nav, and then we're good to go. Whereas she obviously is thinking about clothes, foods, all these different provisions. She's asked me multiple questions, like, do they have a microwave? I'm like, it's on the website somewhere. Um, Only I've checked the website somewhere each time. Do you have an ironing board? I'll check on the website. Because I'm happy just to go there and find out they don't. Because <laughs> I don't care. I'm not at work. So that's all that matters. But um, but then you mix all of that with having a baby together. So she she always likes to do this to me. Have you thought about what we're going to take for Zadie? And I'm like, no. No, I haven't. Uh, why? Because I assumed you would do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know she's... Uh, She's 100% your kid and 100% my kid, but yeah, I thought you would deal with that. So it's um, it's fun, it's fun. So we've got a lot to do and she wants to leave the house looking nice. So she comes back to a nice looking house. She's ignoring the fact that uh, one, we're going on holiday, so the house can never look nice because it's just, we've got everything out, thinking what we need to take. And also we had an event on Friday, um, I'll say an event, it was the, it was the funeral of my mother-in-law, her mum. So we've got a lot of stuff from that in the house as well. So the house is never going to be tidy. And it's just interesting how different people, um, you know, approach different tasks, right? Like I'm very much, if I've got time to do it, I'll do it. And if, I'm, if I haven't got time to do it, I'll try to make time to do it, but I may simply not have enough time. And for me, that's all right. <laughs> Sometimes some tasks don't get done. Um, whereas she's way more task oriented. She's like, it has, I need to do this, 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 I need to do this. And it's never in the order as well. So for example, um, she said, all right, We've got to get petrol before we go. And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Like, that's, 
I'm not even listing that as a task to do. That's that's part and parcel of driving your car. But in her mind, that's just another line item, another line on a list that is unticked. Outstanding task, petrol. And I'm like, no, that's all part of just going there. Um, but I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I don't know, I think her way will definitely ensure that we have everything we need. <laughs> And uh, my my way ensures that we we don't die of a heart attack or an aneurysm before we get there because it's just that's all right. Do you know how many uh, tubes of toothpaste and toothbrushes um, I've acquired from like gigging from holidays, where it's just I've gone to the trip and I've just forgot, just simply forgot, got to got halfway there I'm like ah do I didn't pack that didn't pack that because in my mind the essentials are my passport and tickets phone charger even phone chargers that I can buy another phone charger maybe that's what it is maybe I need to remember what it's like to be poor again (laughs) then that wouldn't be so frivolous with my spending I'll just get another one I've got about four or five travel adapters they don't do anything different. Same ones. Again, simply because I will get somewhere and um, I just forget. Forget. Oh yeah, I need an adapter. I do need an adapter. Buy one at the airport at premium price. So that's what she's trying to avoid as well. They've they've got um, you know they've got a a supermarket at Centre Parks, but obviously. You're, you're a captive audience, aren't you? You're so they can charge us whatever they want. And this, the park market, as it's called, looks nice. It doesn't look Aldi-ish or Lidl-ish. That's not this at them. It looks very much, you know, looks Waitrosey. You know what I mean? It looks Whole Foody. It looks expensive. So we're trying to bring as many groceries as possible with us but we'll see we'll see how it goes it'll be fun it will be fun i just need to, i that's why i'm doing the pod while driving because I, I i don't have time to be sat down with dead time i have to multitask all day i think that's nothing i think like they want they want you to look perturbed they want you to look annoyed i think that's what annoys my wife she gets a sense that i'm enjoying <laughs> Enjoying life while she's stressed, um, that pisses her off. She needs to have me huffing and puffing as well, um, slamming and bagging things, grunting. You know, she needs to hear an oh! from upstairs. And it's like, okay, now he's he's busy. He's he's doing something. If she sees me just you know sauntering into the kitchen with a dumb grin on my face, chuckling to myself. Because I've had enough time to look at the the group chat. She's just like, what? Well, there's a lot to do, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. It's all good, though. It's all fun. It's all fun. It'll be good, though. I'm looking forward to getting away. It's annoying. I'm actually going to have to take my work laptop with me, um, which is hideous. I don't think I've ever had to do that before. Um, I guess that is part and parcel of... You know, having a more senior role that you have to be that work wanker. You're on holiday and you're like, sorry, guys, I just need, you've got Wi Fi here. Yeah, I just need to send a few emails. 
Got to be that guy. Got to put together a spreadsheet and just send that across. Yeah, 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 I'm so busy. I'm super busy. So super busy. I've got to be that guy. Um, you know? Which will be new. But, um, yeah, got that, got that. But what, look, what, what else have, what has been going on this week? What else has been going on this week? Sunday, I've spoken to you a lot after Sunday, so I did a pod late. Uh, Monday, I gigged on Monday, did I? When did I actually do the pod? Was it Sunday night or Monday night I did it? Someone tell me. Was it Monday night? After Top Secret. Did I tell you about Top Secret? Anyway. I haven't got any physical confirmation, but it seems seems as though that your, your boy did well at Top Secret for the sheer fact that um, one, um, they they followed me on social media. That's that's always one. I mean, I've performed there a number of times, but never followed me on social media. I'm on their website, never never been followed on the social meets. Uh, and the second one was um, it was an open spot. But uh, they said, hey, we, um, we seem to have made some extra spondulacs from the night. Um, what's your bank details? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, yeah. We need some extra spondulacs. Oh, what's your bank details? I was like, oh, all right. Uh, yeah, here it is. And um, yeah, and they sent me some spondulacs. How much? Um, under the tax allowance. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, yeah, it's, but that that was good. That was good on on Monday. That's and I haven't gigged since then. Um, obviously, just been focused on getting uh, work done at work, and then Friday, which as I said, was my mother-in-law's um, funeral. Which, as funerals go, was a, a, a wonderful day, beautiful day. Um, Lots of great tributes there, um, and it's good. It's, do you know what's the great? Do you know what the crazy thing is about a funeral? I think the way you know if a funeral's good, and I'm putting that in air quotes, because how good can a funeral be? Is if the person who the funeral was for would they have enjoyed it? You know, it was rather than they had died. It was just a you know a celebration of them. You know, just a party dedicated to them. Would they have enjoyed it? And I think I think she would have. But she would have enjoyed it. Um, you know, thankfully Naomi said she was. She spent most of the day smiling. To be fair, um, which I think that's the. There's more than you can ask for um, at a funeral. So I mean, yeah, it's good. Um, my family showed up, which I thought was great. Um, I didn't know so many members of my family were going to turn up, which I thought was was really nice actually. It, it, um, so yeah, that was that was good. That was really good and stuff. It's, it's nice. Cause that's what marriage is meant to be about, isn't it? You know, you get a lot of people, you get the stereotypes of mother-in-law and all that stuff, and your in-laws and bloody bloody bloody. But um, and my family's a big, noisy, tight-knit family. Like it's, it's they're, they're like a they're like a family from a soap from a soap opera. Like you know what I mean? A lot of people involved. <laughs> they're no boundaries. They're not, they're not that type of family. No one knows boundaries, but there's, there's just a lot of people. Um, so I always felt sorry for exes and stuff who, you know, 
had to try to remember all my aunties and uncles and cousins and stuff. It's like, wait, is this so-and-so? And whose son's that? No, wrong one. Um, but also, they're big loving family. So if if you join the family, you're, you're part of the family now. And they showed that. They showed that by, by turning up. Um, uh, her friend did, um, I say her friend, her, my mother-in-law's friend, did a tribute at the graveside, did a song with a guitarist, wrote a song for her, and can't lie, guys, me and, me and Naomi did talk about this before. She said, oh, a friend wants to do a song. We said, okay. We said, what if the song is shit, though? <laughs> and she's like, what, what am I going to do? Now, what am I going to do if this person's there? They've, you know, they've given a tribute to my mum, but the song's just shit. <laughs> and I was like, she goes, I'll laugh. She goes, I'll laugh. I can't laugh at my mum's graveside. And I said, what you could do, you could just bury your head in my chest and it'll just look like you're crying. You just look like you're so overwhelmed by it. You know, laughter sounds like crying. And in the context, no one's going to assume you're laughing. No one's going to assume you're laughing. Me? Yeah, sure. I'm the one who's going to have to keep a straight face. But, uh, don't assume you're laughing. But, the song started, and I was like, nah, we're alright. See, after the first verse, I was like, nah, we're alright. We're alright. And then she had the brilliant bit where she had people singing the song back. And create this nice, like, harmonious moment where, uh, you know, everyone around the graveside was singing together. And, it, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful is the word. Darren, don't be toxic male. Use, use soft, nice words like beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was decent. It was, de- it was decent. Yeah, it was all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's good. No, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, so yeah, man. That's what we spent Friday doing. Zadie was on top form, um, not not crying, missed her bedtime. Just still, just you know, just powered through. Powered through. Um, and we found this one picture of my mother-in-law as a baby, right? flipping spitting image of Zadie it's just weird because Naomi doesn't even look like her mum as a baby and it's weird Zadie looks like Naomi as a baby she looks like uh, my mother-in-law as a baby doesn't look like me (laughs) my genes are not used Um, I'm thinking do what she might look like me as a baby I just don't have enough baby pictures that clear baby picture, just me as a baby, on my own, staring at camera. Toddler, yeah, toddler. Maybe, maybe that's when we got a camera in the household. I don't know, because that's what you got to remember. Cameras weren't readily available back then. It's the equivalent. Of my, it's my time era is equivalent of video. Like the earliest video of me is when I'm five. It's the earliest video recording of me, and that's not even my family. That's my friend's birthday. So stuff like that we take for granted. Like these kids now, I don't know what technology might come in the next 10, 15 years, where you know, say to them, oh, there's no, you know, X of me, because she's gonna have, she's gonna have videos, she's gonna have photos. Endless photos of nothing because cameras are so accessible now. Alright? But, um. Damn. It'll be good. It'll be, um, it'll be good with Right, what's been going on this week, though? That's, 
I've been talking about my life because that took me all the way to Friday, Saturday, didn't do anything, replaced some toilet seats in my house. So I broke some toilet seats with my fat ass. And then, <laughs> so yeah, what's it going on this week? Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels is, is, is dead. Kevin Samuels, the most loved, the most hated. He's both the Messiah and the Antichrist. He's, he's everything and nothing. He's, he's, he's all these things. He's all these things, people. The battles online between the fanboys and the haters. And the banter crew versus the you can't joke about death mob. You know, you, all of these people just clashing on the timeline. Um, you know, you get what you deserved. Ah, karma's a bitch. It's like, I hate that one. I really hate the karma is a bitch thing when someone dies. Because everyone fucking dies. That's not karma, right? Ah, good. You deserved it. Knew you was going to die. Knew it. He's like, did you not know? Did you think he was going to live forever because you didn't like him? Guess what? He's going to live forever in your head. He's touched the world. He will live forever through the rhetoric that people have learned because of this guy. You know, no woman's going to be able to rate herself a seven ever again. <laughs> Ah, oh dear, the jokes, this is probably the comedian though. Jokes came flying in the, in the groups already. So I was like, ah, oh, Kevin Samuels died. Apparently he died of a high value heart attack. I was like, Jesus. You know, I was just like, come on, guys. Come on, guys, guys. Come on, guys. That's hilarious, guys. I didn't tell him, come on. <laughs> uh, my thing was, I saw the woman, he, he died. Apparently he died beating. Someone said he died taking Viagra. I don't care, but I looked at her profile, she's 32, had no kids, man lived and died by the sword, he said, hey, hey, yo, if you got kids, you ain't attracted no high value man, he called himself a high value man, she didn't have kids, you know what I mean, and people said, ha ha ha, see, look, he got caught, he got caught what, people said, he died alone, he, he spent his time telling these women, they're gonna die alone and unhappy. And look, he died alone and unhappy. He's like, no, he didn't. He died balls deep in some booty. <laughs> That's what he wanted. And this is the thing that shows, right? Because I'm not a fan of the guy, but nor am I a hater. I don't think he's saying anything revolutionary. He's not saying anything particularly smart and insightful, but he's not saying anything insightful. He's not saying anything, uh, he's not inciting, I'll show you. He's not saying anything inciting, he's not saying, anything that's the worst ever his delivery is harsh i know it's harsh um but again it's, it's not genius it's not uh, oh that's that's the golf club oh fuck that was where i need to turn he's not saying anything genius <laughs> i just realized i'm still on the pod see i just dipped out of the pod mentally and then back in back in i was like shit missed my turn um but yeah, he's not saying anything insightful or great. He's just saying what I think is relatively normal shit. That, you know, if you are, if you want something, do you have the credentials of the thing you want? All right, I'm reversing. I'm not going to be able to talk. <laughs> you know those ones 
Well, you have that when you're looking when you're parking and you need to like just turn, turn your music down. I'm parking, shut up. Or you don't know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, those ones. When you're looking for a door numbers, let me just turn the volume down so I can so I can see the door numbers. Shit, I can't can't see the door. Numbers. I'm looking for number 89. 89. What's that? What's that? Okay, that's 80. So the other side is okay. The other side's the odd numbers. All right, I'm looking at that side. But let me let me just take this seatbelt off. I can't look. <laughs> All right, people, I've got to put a pause on, on the pods because I've got to go play football and then I come back. So I've got to put some notes on myself to say I was talking about Kevin Samuels and his messaging, right? That's what it is, right? Cool. All right, and we're back. We're back in. Um, driving again. Just finished the game. We lost 4-2. Uh, I'm trying not to crash while leaving the car park. But as I was saying about Mr. Kevin Samuels, um, he, yeah, he never said anything revolutionary, did he? You know, his messaging was a simple, right, what do you like? Do you have the things the person you like likes? It's that simple. And we seem to accept that approach in everything else in life except dating. Some of us. But it's really simple formula. You know, if you say you want a man who is six foot and earns six figures, black, lives in your local area, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got to ask yourself, what do guys who are black, six foot, oh, sorry, six foot live in my local area, earning six figures, who, who do they like? What, what things do they look for in a woman? Do I have those things? Oh, Fucking hell, what happened there? Whoops, sorry. I managed to slip my car into manual and it was going, go up gears. Right, so, <laughs> right, so yeah. Do you have those things? It's, it's that simple. So what would happen on this show, if you don't know Mr. Kevin Samuels, is um, obviously the majority of people who call would be from his local area, to be black and be from Atlanta. Uh, he's from Atlanta. So what would end up happening is a lot, and it'd be, if you have men and women, cool, but the things that go viral would be the women calling because I'll tell you why because I think that there is that element that you know people like to see black women get embarrassed so those clips went more viral but then what those who didn't watch his show like me would assume that he's just that rude to only black women but then when you watch the show he you know he said to a guy do you even have a big dick like you're broke you live at home you ain't got a good job do you even have a big dick the guy's like oh, I, I, I don't he goes, listen, if you had a big dick, you don't have a big dick. You don't even have a big dick. And then, you know what I mean? So he, he's blunt to everyone. You can't just say, I want, I want, I want. We live in a generation of people that when it comes, not just dating to anything in life, it's I want, I deserve, I'm entitled to, therefore give it to me. And when it's not given, it's some form of injustice that has happened. When it's like, no, you've done fuck all to deserve it you've done nothing to earn this why do you think you out of all people deserve it you're not special that's the thing we've all got to learn in life you're not special when it comes to the world you might be special to certain other people especially your parents special to your family special to your friends but when it comes to the world you are not special so you just got to understand that. 
And you got to understand that you've got to work for the things you want. And that includes romantic partners. You see me when I was single, yeah? Before I met Naomi. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. All right? After I split up with my ex, who I thought I'd be with. Wow. I was like, right. I know the calibre of woman I want. Therefore, I need to put some cer- certain things in place in my life. One thing that women I was dating, the women I used to like, they would go, oh, do you drive? My ex was like, do you drive? I was like, yeah, I drive. Don't have a car, though. So what they actually meant is don't have a car. <laughs> but they said, do you drive? Do you drive is a polite way of asking, do you have a car? Oh, jeez. We did not. Yeah. Yeah, do you have a car? Is what they're really asking. And I didn't. Didn't have a car. I didn't want a car. Didn't need a car. Here's the thing. When you don't have a car, you can get by without having a car. But when you have a car, you cannot get by without having a car. And if you're a woman who has a car, and you start dating a man who doesn't have a car, it it gets a bit tense. It gets a bit techy. Because I didn't realise there's some kind of masculine, feminine dynamic for women that uh, they don't like um, a lot of women don't like driving their man around they really don't like driving their man around Um, they would rather um, their man drive them around they'd rather be the passenger what is this person doing, sorry yeah, they'd rather be the passenger and women start building some women start building a lot of resentment for a guy that doesn't have a car um, it's a part of their kind of I don't know feminine fantasy that the man picks them up and it makes them feel womanly right. I was like look I think this is bollocks however it keeps on coming up I keep on talking to these girls these are some you know what I mean these are nice girls that I'm missing out on because I don't have a car I was like, do you know what? I can afford a car. And actually, it would be convenient for me to have a car for X and Y. I got a car. I didn't bitch and moan. I didn't tell people, hey, these women need to accept me for not having a car. Simple as that. Earnings. I always, I've always earned um, quite well. But in my head, I was like, got to try and earn some more. I'm going to try and earn some more. <laughs> Let me just put my head down at work. As uh, some more fortunate, there was luck. I did get promoted because the guy above me quit. Got promoted. Earned more. Earned more. And it came to looks. Stuff. I was like, right, I probably should take care of myself a bit more. All this stuff. All of this good stuff. Did all of that. For me, but no, for me to get the women I wanted. I didn't bitch and moan, I just did it. But I think here's the difference with men and women, especially when it comes to this Kevin Samuels type thing and advice, is a lot of the things that women want in men, men can change and they tend to improve and increase with age. Earnings, assets, security, uh, intelligence and you know wisdom, social status, all these things that together make a man attractive. Even when a man gets bald or gets grey, it it creates an illusion of intelligence and wisdom. He's a wiser guy. He's mature. 
Men don't ask for women to be mature. We always be hot. <laughs> right? Whereas women, what men look for women on the physical, on the first jump, it's just aesthetics. And aesthetics tend to, you know, they tend to diminish with age. Tend to diminish with age. And then a lot of these women end up, uh, a lot of the women we call as well, they end up being single mothers. That's clearly one of those things that you can't just pin on women. You know, you've got to choose who you have kids with, both the man and the woman. Choose who you have kids with. But if you end up a single mum, cool. Um, a lot of these women are single mums out of the circumstances they're in, the area they grow up in. If you grow up in poor areas, this is more, there's an increased amount of single parenthood. For all your multivariant factors, incarceration and and stuff, and all that, all that good stuff about absent fatherhood. All right. So they're in this, they're in this, but not their fault. But they're in the situ- situation they're in. And for a lot of people, when it's not your fault and you're in a situation you're in, it's very hard to be told because of your situation, you're not getting X, you're not getting Y. And especially a situation as close to you, like your kids, you're not going to get rid of your bloody kids. Now, apparently, he did say one off key thing. I say, when I say one off key thing, I'm not saying that's the only thing he said off key. I'm saying this is the off key thing that I know of, and I think it was off key. Um, but then I guess it depends how you contextualize it. I haven't watched the whole video, I just saw the one clip where he's basically speaking about the woman who's got kids. She, has a, she had a daughter. Uh, from previous relationship and she was calling in for him then she, she was going alright cool so say because if you if you come as a package deal I think what he doesn't add other words because you're going to come as a package deal you and your kid right so a lot of people go well there's no option she can't come as a package deal and I think that's what he's saying you've got a kid so you definitely come as a package deal because what does your kid do to bring value to this man's life because you and your kid are just a drain to his life now. That's not a nice thing to hear, but it's true. Um, now, what does it bring to, to the guy's life? What if he's a guy who can't have kids? Then he wants, you know, he's happy to step in and be a father to someone else, to his kid. If they're willing to have him as a father, there you go. He's brought value to his life. He's a man who's never had kids, always wanted kids, can't have them. There you go, you've brought something to his life. That that makes perfect sense, right? But guy wants kids of his own. This is the situation he gave. Guy wants kids of his own. So you two have two other kids. And he's like, and the woman's like, uh-huh, yep, cool. And, he goes, and then the girls say she's 15 or 16 and goes, Kevin looked at me funny when I got out of the shower. He goes, what did you do? And then she was like, well, you know, he, he, you've got to go. And he says, oh, there you go. You see, you... you You've got two other kids and you've just blown up the whole relationship because of this kid. Now, you're not going to ask, you know, what happened. You're not going to say, oh, yeah, it's girl, that's your father. Now, you can take that two ways. You can take that as he's, you know, minimising and dismissing, uh, you know, sexual assault of, of minors. That happens in the home. It happens in the home. It's not, you know, I mean, it's, as, as we know, the statistics show, anecdotal evidence shows as well, that it is not the big bad stranger on the street that 
molest kids. It's someone close to home. Usually someone that close as well. A stepfather. Someone who's that close that people go, don't be silly. It's that person. Of course they're not going to do anything. Worst case of some families are going to go, yeah, we know uncle so-and-so's a bit fiddly, but come on. You have those weird families as well. Just kind of, it's a big open secret where, you know, you've got a kid. You're like, where's uncle... Where's, where's, where's so-and-so? Where's my daughter? Where's Uncle Folk? Oh, they're, they're, uh, they're outside. They're running outside to, to, to break up the conversation. Like, what is this? Why is this person still in the family? It's mad. But, so, look, that's not to say that. So that happens. So is that what he was saying? I guess he's talking from his perspective. His perspective of someone who's not someone who touches kids. But it's a weird thing to put the lie on a child, especially on something of that conversation. So that's for me, is where I'll say, that's a fucked up thing to say. Um, but if you try to take it in the best faith argument, that he's saying that, you know, the point he's making is there's a fracture in the family. You can never be one family unit. There's, is, there's always a fracture waiting to be just burst open. And I guess that is the case with any kind of blended family or, or step family or, you know, anything of that, uh, of that nature. Any family, you know, any blended family, if that's, they, there is a line. Doesn't matter how close you are, it's just, as long as there's good times, that line doesn't become evident and, and problematic. But as soon as a problem comes, someone dies, there's inheritance, someone falls out, then there's, there's lines now drawn. You're suddenly, you are, we're, we're the Smiths and you're the Thompsons and you know what I mean? It becomes like that. I'm going to my grandparents, you can go to yours. It, it, that's what happens. It's kind of a big driving force in my head with my family in the sense of, you know, I grew up in a blended family in the sense of my mum had kids from previous relationship, my dad had kids from previous relationship. People in the same household with different names, people with same surnames, growing up in different parts of, of uh, well, I was about to say different parts of the country, we've got different parts of the world, we've got a brother in America. Um, shout out him, right? And I was just like, I just don't want that for myself. I just don't, as I want for myself, I'm gonna get married, have a kid, you know, um, what we've gone through with with Naomi being the only child and her mum dying, it was just like, well, we've definitely got to try and work out having another child. Um, because Zadie needs a sibling. That's what we said. And yeah, and, and do you know what? If me and Naomi ever split up, I know you, can't, you can never say never, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm having no more kids. The kids I'm having is with Naomi, and that's it. She will be the mother of all my children. Because <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I just, I don't want it for my life. I don't want me talking about one kid and someone goes, oh, so Naomi got nah, nah, that's Naomi's Zadie's moment. It's actually, you know what I mean? It's, it's Sally who's so-and-so's moment. It's Funke who's so-and-so's, I, 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 it's not my life, man. <laughs> this, it's just no. Just, I want to keep my life simple. I'm not judging anyone. And um, 
rounding back to what I was actually talking about because I'm driving and so I can't really stay focused on what I'm talking about. Right, back to what I'm saying is I think what happens with Kevin Samuels used to talk is people felt judged. And that's the thing. No one wants to feel judged. Unless they're being judged um, favourably. Then everyone wants to be judged, right? But no one wants to be judged unfavourably. And when you're being told your opportunities are going to be cut due to a situation that you didn't put yourself in or you don't feel like you put yourself in, depending on your depending on your locus of control, right? A lot of people put themselves at the centre of every decision and outcome in their life. Some stuff they don't actually have control of, they'll be like, well, if I just didn't do this and I just did this, then this would have gone differently. And, you know, and that's healthy in some respects because then it makes you feel like you've got way more control in your life and you take action to change the poor circumstances you're in. But then other times it might make you depressed if you're just like, it's my fault. This is my fault. It's all my fault. My dad left me when I was six. And that's my fault. I was a shit kid. It's like, you, you're a six, mate. Yeah, it weren't your fault. It weren't your fault. And having a goodwill hunting moment on your own, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Okay. That guy just stopped for no reason. But I was alert. Um, yeah. So the Kevin Samuels thing. People, I understand why people are upset about. I mean, I understand why people are upset about people uh, laughing at his death. Some people are just not celebrating it. They're just not bothered. But I understand people celebrating it though. Because here's the thing: we're being hypocrites and being liars if we're trying to make out we don't celebrate when people die. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher died. I know she's a political figure, but guess what? People celebrated. I can tell you now: if Katie Hopkins died tomorrow oh oh the high fives and jokes and backpack bat back patting i'll say backpacking the back patting that would happen oh everyone be loving it appears morgan come on i'm not i'm not saying me i just know there's people on my timeline who would be like i ain't saying nothing but when they said i ain't saying nothing then they are saying ha and that's what they're actually saying. No, they're, they're giving a big ha. So, I don't know. I don't know these people. These, we're all a bunch of hypocrites, really. That's all it is. And what else has happened this week? I feel like something else that has happened. Um, right, is this place open or was this? Yes, it's a sharp left off a dual carriageway. It's nuts. Let's see, merging both lanes. Okay, I'm at the dump. I'm putting, chucking away two toilet seats. It's a lot of queuing for two fucking toilet seats. It's ridiculous, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous. Have I got any other topics to talk about? I don't think I do. So, what we'll do is we'll get some... Um, Need some dear Deirdre going on while I'm waiting. If I can wrap up this pod before I get in, then that is a productive journey home. All right. Um, oh dear. So what just came up on Google for dear Deirdre? I hope that's one that actually comes up when I click on. Yes, it is. Mm. 
All right. Oh, hey, how can I not talk about Dave Chappelle getting tackled? Oh, what, what a terrible comedian. What a terrible podcasting comedian. No, I'm not going to talk about Dave Chappelle getting tackled. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people got, got, a lot of comedians got very upset and concerned when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. As I set a precedent, people from the crowd, when they're upset with jokes, they're going to think it's okay to slap us. I'm like, listen, these guys are not Oscar nominated people in the crowd. All right? It's Dave from Accounts, Sally from HR, Billy the Plumber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sarah the nurse is the, these people ain't getting up on stage and slapping people they might get upset they might shout out but they don't want the action they don't want this fucking action so I was never worried and uh, and then now then Dave Chappelle got uh, got attacked charged at um, and I was like see you see I was like no 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 no, 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 no. Again, this is a high-profile guy in a high-profile space. You guys only need to worry about this when, you know, when we start performing in better clubs. That's when we need to... Uh, <laughs> a better events. That's, that's when we need to worry about it. When we're more famous. And it makes a statement. But um, do you see that guy's arms? His arms were left looking like recycling, mate. They crumpled crumpled arms he had his arms detached reattached you know what i mean his arms were rearranged swapped his elbows for his shoulders it was horrendous but um but apparently Dave did speak to him though spoke to him uh, the guy seemed to be mentally ill and the reason the guy attacked him nothing to do with trans nothing to do with free speech None of that bollocks that everyone cares so much about. That no, That's not really under threat. Um, what it's about was the guy, um, apparently his mum was being evicted or something. And he thought this would raise awareness for it. Now, the guy's mentally ill, so I'm not taking a piss at mental illness. I don't know if this mum's going to be evicted. All right? I don't know if he has a mum. I don't know. Okay? But that's what apparently he said to Dave Chappelle. Um, he thought this would raise awareness um, of his mum's situation and stuff. It's just funny that like that's the actual answer. And people just attach their own flipping bollocks to it. It's like, yeah, it's tackle free speech. Like, no, they're trans and trans people. Some trans people. Well, I can't say trans. Some trans people said this. It was some people saying trans people were saying <laughs> that you know it was them attacking. He made a joke that it was a trans man. And stuff, but yeah, I mean, I think we just saw a man with nail varnish shows like he's trans, he's LGBT. And what else happened was you got um, random people got flipping doxxed, um, academics tagged someone and said, Oh, look, this is a guy that attacked Dave Chappelle. And this guy's like, No, I'm not. And because I've got people now in my inbox and revealing my address and where I work and stuff, I'm gonna sue you. People forget that the internet has real people on it, you know. And it's not all entertainment. It's not all entertainment, I guess. I mean, it is for us from a distance, but yeah. Anyway, look at the dear Deirdre. Dear Deirdre, my wife had sex with our mechanic to settle a £500 bill we could not afford to pay. Jesus. How 
Who brought that up? Here's the thing. I need to know who suggested that as a settlement before we get before we read the details. Because here's the thing. If you if your mechanic suggests that as a settlement, I'll beating him up. But if my wife has gone through with it, then I have to beat myself up. If my wife has suggested it. Straight divorce. But I'm talking from a position of someone who has £500 to pay a mechanic. You know what I mean? I don't need to be cuckolded by, by a mechanic. It's just, I, yeah. I don't know. Does it make it better or worse? I guess it makes it worse if she suggested it, but it doesn't make it better if he did. I think that's what it is. Dear Digi, we couldn't afford to pay our garage bill, so I... So I suggested my wife have sex with the mechanic and... You suggested it! That didn't even come across my mind that that was was a possibility. That you suggested it. You're a fucking idiot. And an ass. She should divorce you. What the fuck kind of husband are you? You should have had sex with him if you needed to settle it. That's how you go. Listen, bruv. If you don't... Look, we can sell this bill. I'll have sex with you. And the guy's like, no, you won't. Go, all right. Terms of the deal's changed. If you don't let us settle this bill, I will have set. No, you, no so you, sorry, you can't. You can't. You can't do that. <laughs> because it's mad on mad, it doesn't make it funny. All right. Yeah. Anyway, did we can afford to pay our garage bill? So I suggest my wife um, have sex with the mechanic instead. But while I'm left feeling terrible, she now thinks it's the answer to all our money woes. Good. Good. I hope she fucking shags his balls off, off. And I hope and I hope he goes. Oh, by the way, your uh, your carburetor's gone, your catalytic converter's gone, and your windscreen wiper's broken. And you literally see him just snap it off the off the windscreen, and your wife's just there, just biting her lip forming puddles and she's like yeah jeff just just go home i'll be here for a while i'm gonna settle this bill <laughs> and he's just like yeah jeff go home you're all greasy your wife comes with a big old greasy hand prints all over <laughs> this is what you get you fucking idiot all right um I'm 44, she's 39. We've been together for six years. We've been struggling to make ends meet ever since my wife lost her job last year. My salary won't stretch to cover our food, rent and energy bills. This is sad. Um, Let's just roll this car forward. Um, Let's stretch to cover our food and energy bills. Um, That's why we're in £2,000 in debt on our credit cards. Um, So it was cherry on the cake. Uh, when we were told our car failed its MOT last week. Mechanic told us his repairs would cost us nearly £500. Actually, I don't even know if mechanic wants to have sex with your wife. Imagine that. You try to settle it. Look, my wife will have sex with you. And he's like, no, thanks. He's like, oh, because oh, well, of like morality. He's just like, no, I don't. I don't want to have sex with your wife. No, thanks. Like the arrogance to think you can settle your bill with sex. Because he might just be like, yuck. 
He's like, what? So you say I'm broke and I've got an ugly wife. Um, right, to add insult to injury, it was obviously fancied my wife. Oh, there you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. He does fancy your wife, so he will do it. Um, panicking, I asked if we could pay in instalments. While looking my wife up and down, he cheats suggested if we didn't have the money, he could think of another way we could pay. Jesus! Is that a wrench in your pocket or you're just happy to see my wife? Hi. Um, he said we could talk about it overnight. Walking away, I asked her what she thought. Jesus, this man is like, I will roger your wife. Listen. No pressure. Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> that is wild behaviour. Oh, Jesus. Right, so he said, her answer shocked me. You know I'll do anything for us, babe. So the next day, my wife went to his house while I waited in the car outside. No! We didn't have to be involved. You delivered her to him. You delivered her. Jesus. It was the longest 30 minutes of my life. I bet. I consoled myself with the idea that she'd be hating this as much as me. But when she finally emerged, she seemed defiant and said, now I know I'm contributing just as much as you. Rotted. You now owe her a favour. She just got her back blown out. I hope there were a condom. And she now, you now owe her a favour. Imagine that. Your wife took a jolly roger in. A jolly roger in. And then you're there at the dinner table just crying to yourself. And she's just like, well, what's the dinner then? What? What are you making for dinner? I've worked just as hard as you have today. I had to go back around the mechanic's house. You saw how I broke her windscreen wiper. Wipes her mouth. Jesus! It broke my heart. And I've only got myself to blame. Now she thinks it's the answer to all our financial problems. She even suggested I could manage her diary of clients. Your life has turned upside down. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried she even enjoyed having sex with the mechanic. I don't know how we can come back from this. Listen, bro. You can't. You even better become her manager. Not even a pimp. Her manager. And manage her clients. Yeah, if you if you value this marriage, if you will do anything to save this marriage, you'll become her manager. <laughs> it's what you must do to rescue the mirage. That is fucking wild, isn't it? Jesus, that is wild behaviour. Okay, that one's wild. Um, I've, I've had to pull over now. The dump was full. Couldn't get rid of the plastic toilet seat. So. Uh, yeah. So, well, we'll see what we do. Anyway, let's, let's find the next one. I've got two more because this pod has been long. Cuckoo in the nest. My son's girlfriend is a little witch and I want her to move out. Jesus, this is one of those weird ones where, um, you know, where you, you, you fancy your son. Oh, hey, yo, do you see in the shade borough? Flipping some guy's leaving his wife for his own mum. He's part for adoption. Got reconnected with his mum in his 30s and he's had mind-blowing sex a few times with her and he's now leaving his wife. 
told his wife that ever since he had sex with his mum, that he has to think about having sex with her. Sex with his mum to get aroused to have sex with his wife. Jesus. Jesus. You know how mad that is? Me, me and Naomi discussing who's, who, who's in the wrong. Who, who's wronger? The man or his mum? She's like, his mum's wrong. Like, because he, he's obviously just psychologically damaged and he just wants some connection with his mum and he's gone about it the complete wrong way. Because apparently people separate from family when they don't know they're separate. They have an attraction to them because we're attracted to people we look like, you see. It's familiarity. It's attract- when you think of attraction, it doesn't have to be sexual attraction. They're drawn to that person. So if you have such a strong draw to someone um, and they ain't bad looking, because you got to think about it. A lot of times... You don't see your family in that way because your family, you would never look at them that way. So you, you don't even see it. Some people are aware that they've got like an attractive like, like sibling or cousin just simply because of the overwhelming uh, evidence from external parties. You know, like I've, I've got friends, uh, not friends, people I went to school with who had like a sister who's just the one. And he's like, as soon as they see, as soon as like their sister like comes downstairs and all the boys like that, the boys are just like, oh, fuck's sake. It's not that the boy thinks his sister's hot. It's just that he knows people find his sister attractive. So he could objectively say, my sister's an attractive person, clearly. I used to work with a guy whose sister was like a model and uh, dated, a, a dated uh, a, well, famous singer at the time. He's not famous now. Um, yeah, he had the same thing. We go, let's do a picture of his sister. And he was just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> straight no. Whereas my other mate, goes see a picture of his sister. Hey, here's my sister. Because to him, it's like, it's, he hasn't had that pressure from the friends. So if you don't know that person, you're going to have this attraction to them because you've got a kind of genetic bond to this person, right? But still... That's one thing when you don't know, but when you, you meet them under the, the, the situation, this is your long lost mother. That's when you need to put your boner away, mate. You can't be like, fuck, is this my mum? Nice. What the hell is happening here? Is this my son? Nice. No. So wrong. Wronger than wrong. I'm talking about Shade Bar as well. So I'm mixing up this pod. See, it should be Dear Deirdre here and, and then... Not too much shade, bro. See that uh, there's an England international footballer who had sex with a transsexual prostitute for £150. Uh, I've asked my friends. They've said that... It's not that that's a good rate for a transsexual prostitute. They don't know. They just know that it's way cheaper than a, you know, a cisgendered woman. Therefore... That should raise alarm bells in your head. If, but here's the thing that when someone sleeps with a transsexual person, right, it's always done under this assumption that the person does didn't know. When literally, when you find out it's 95% of the time they know. And this is the thing that annoys me about this whole trans issue. It's like, they're going to trick us. They're going to trick us. You're not being tricked. I don't know anyone who slept with a trans person who's been tricked. The signs have been there and they've either just gone through the red lights, yeah, or they've known. I know some people who went through the wrong way, 
who um who simply just saw the uh, they're in the wrong part of Amsterdam. Wrong part of Amsterdam. And um yeah. They've gone forget it. I'm in. I'm I'm I'll do it. Blue light district. They're like, no, nope, don't care. Um so yeah. You get those people and then you just get the people who are just trying to do it on the down low. And yeah, this footballer pay £150. And then the person, the trans woman, pre-op, filmed it and saved all the messages and blackmailed them uh, to the tune of £30,000. Imagine being blackmailed and it's still coming out. This is why you have to do the Kevin Hart approach. Be like, boy, uh, listen, this is what happened. It is what it is. And that's what you got to do. You just, you just got to lean into it, man. You can't let these people shame you. But fuck it. It is what it is. Uh, that's how it goes. It's but to be uh, 30 grand. Because now you got... Because that's the thing. If you take the approach of I don't care, yeah, sex with you, so what? The trans person loses all power. They can't blackmail you. And if you're just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, people can laugh at you, but if you really don't care, it's like, I don't care. But when it's a dirty secret, then when people know you're shamed about it, then hey, you're, gonna be, you're there for the taking. Anyway, my son's girlfriend is in the cuckoo. <laughs> is the cuckoo in the nest. We all have to run around after her while she makes nasty jibes from the settee. Or sofa. Or couch. I'm 58. My husband's 63. Our son and his girlfriend are 26. They have been together for uh, 20... No, sorry, they've been together for two years, sorry. We moved... She moved in with us six months ago. Not that we invited her. Life's been hellish ever since. Even though she earns more than me and my husband, she won't pay us rent and refuses to lift a finger to help around the house. Then kick her out. Um, she's never once said thanks uh, for me cooking her dinners each night. Instead, she just complains that it's not up to her standards. She refused to help decorate, even though she knows my hubby has a bad back. She uh, Then she called the wallpaper ugly. That was close. Then she called the wallpaper ugly when we finished. I would have told her where to go long ago, but I don't want to ruin our relationship with our son. He can't seem to see what a little witch she is. Do you know why? Because she's got that up, up 5,000. That's why. And you raise your son with no self-esteem. So he can't just tell her, look, fuck off. You shouldn't ever have to tell someone, be nice to my mum or fuck off. It's, you ain't being nice to my family. Fuck off. It's not oh, it's just a difference of opinions or different of culture. You're being an arsehole. Go away. I don't want to be with you. You think this is going to get better when you have kids? Then she has something to pull you away. Don't do it, bro. Get rid. Get rid. Uh, right. Is there any more? Is there any more? Um, this is not. Let's see. Is there any more? Any more? Any more? Any more? Any more? Wow. Okay, this is mad. This is one mad. 
and then we're done. Got to go home. Too close to comfort. My flatmate keeps threatening to steal my girlfriend. Dear Deirdre, my flatmate keeps taunting me with threats about stealing my girlfriend. He made it clear he fancied her when they met the first time and, and brought... Well, first time I brought her back and he won't leave us alone. Jesus, he's on that Stan Collymore vibe, kicking the door down, demanding to join in. I'm 23 and he's 24. My girlfriend is 22. I think he's jealous. He puts me down saying that she's way out my league. I can cope with his comments. What makes me mad is the fact he keeps sending my girlfriend flirty texts, leering at her and harassing her to the extent she's blocked him. This is mad. You got, you got to leave. Leave, leave the flat. Just leave. Oh, you're gonna, you can't be friends. He's not your friend. This guy's behaved like a rapist. Just, yeah, just leave. He's clearly stronger than you. That's why you haven't beaten the fuck out of him. Um, I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to chastise you for the guy being stronger than you or you being scared to fight. Or maybe you're not a violent person, which is also all acceptable. But he's got to get a quick, you know, a fork in the fight. Anyway... Um, she doesn't like coming around anymore of course she doesn't because she'll say inappropriate things like it's, it'll be my turn later oh, Jesus Christ I really like my girlfriend she feels the same way about me it's getting serious but he's spoiling things he beds a different woman every weekend why won't he leave mine alone we used to be mates but he can't bear the fact that I've got the one girl he can't have what can I do um, I can't get out of my tenancy agreement for months ride it out Right out for months because I don't want you to be in any financial debt. Right out for a few months and then just, just fuck off. Just leave. Move in with your girlfriend if you have to. Move back home if that's possible. Just move anywhere else for a short tenancy. And that's it. Just But you've got to get the fuck out of there and just get this guy out of your life because he's a weirdo. He's a flipping weirdo. And that's the end of it. Anyway, people, that's the end of the pod. Go home, get showered and get everything ready for center parks all right people uh, have a good week i'll speak to you next week and peace and come on spurs come on leeds 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 leeds